Welcome to the Entry Level Entrepreneur Podcast with your host and biz bestie, Emily Kuhn. Each week, you'll learn the strategies and actionable steps you need for success. So let's get started. Are you struggling to figure out what freebie you should create? Is your current freebie not bringing in the leads like you would like? Well, I invite you to check out and see whether you should use a quiz to attract your ideal clients. You should be able to attract your leads with fun and ease. So check out my quiz on whether you should use a quiz for your biz. Go to emilycoon.com backslash quiz for your biz. I am so excited to have on the show today somebody that I've actually been connected with um, on Instagram for it seems like a while now. And we've just really like I've loved seeing her content. I know that she's been um, interacting with some of mine. And so we just we started out on Instagram having some connection and Uh, I really wanted Emily to be on the show. And so I am super pumped that Emily Ducharme is our guest for today's episode. Emily is a business scaling coach. She's feminine and rich, and she says 50K months are your new norm. All right. So Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I think two Emilys together are going to create an amazing episode. I know. (laughs) How could we not? (laughs) Great. So, uh, Emily, I always ask my guests, um, I really want to know, because I think it's really helpful um, to know what your entrepreneurial journey has been. Like, how did you get to be a business scaling coach? And how did you get to like 50K months are a new normal? Like, you're just like, that's your claim. So how did you get to that point? Okay, so I would have to start with the story of my first first business when I was 20 years old. I'm 32 now. So um, it's been a little bit of water under the bridge since. And my first business was a restaurant. So that's where I grew up. My mom was a waitress in a restaurant. So I was helping her out when I was a kid. And we had a farm and I, I was always a hard worker. All I knew was work. And when I decided to save my money to open my first restaurant, it was because I was really passionate about the restaurant industry. I love visiting new restaurants. I love creating cocktails. I love uh, trying new recipes. And then I finally opened my first restaurant when I was 20 years old, which is very young and was a really big accomplishment for me. However, two weeks after the opening of the restaurant, my mother found out that she had cancer and only a few months left to live. So that completely stopped me in my track. I had no, like, no desire to be in a restaurant, no desire to serve drinks to people, no desire to smile. My mom was my best friend. So for me, it was really difficult to uh, like live with the idea that I was partying for work and when I did not want it to party. So I closed that business. I sold my shares. The restaurant still stayed open for with the other investors, but I decided to take time to uh, be around my mom. So when I was nursing my mom, she ended up living two years before she passed away. And I went back to study. I studied in so many things, whether it's marketing, health, fitness. I just continuously wanted to learn more things, which was very unlikely for me because I have dropped out of school and I had no interest into anything. And uh, for me, I thought I would own restaurants for the rest of my life and that would be my life. And now I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to learn how to cook. I wanted to learn how to um, take care of my health. I wanted to learn how to get my fitness when I had never worked out a day in my life. So for about six years after 
I quit the restaurant. I was doing a lot of freelancing. I was doing, uh, like I was helping people that, that had gym on growing their gym, growing their marketing online. And I was doing really well with that. And I was growing a network that got me a position into a financial firm where uh, they asked me if I could connect them with my network and become an investment broker. So I went back to school, to university, studied in finance. And for a few years, my job was to raise money for private equity and company like startups before IPOs and uh, and then help business development within the company, train people on being a good consultant so they could uh, do the same thing that I was doing and really learn how to do ethical business and stuff like that. And I was loving it, but I was not loving the people that I was around. I didn't love being only working with men that were like sharks because people in finances, like men are, they're not always looking for the values into businesses. They're looking for the money. And this is not something that I align with. And I wanted to work out with people that have similar values than me. So I took a break and that's when I started doing business coaching and I became good really fast at it. But I found that where I was really like finding my passion and being able to help people the most was when they were in the scaling stage of the business. So even though I'm really good at starting a business because I've been there before a few times, my passion really lies into, okay, so now we got to a certain point, we're making consistent income, what can we do to blow this thing up and that we can consistently grow and scale the business and we can create new offers that are aligned and we can do creative marketing strategies. Where should we reinvest the money? Who should we hire? So this is really what I'm passionate about. I'm not sure if that's going to be forever, but for the past few years, that's what I've loved. And I've found that my zone of genius is really around the 50K months. Even though I have clients that hit way more than that, I find that it's a middle where when you grow a really good product suite that works and is maximized, then it's easy to get to consistent 50K months in sales. I think everybody would love to have a 50, well, would love to have one, a 50K month and then consistent <laughs> 50K months. That's amazing. So it, there's so much to your story. Yeah. I mean, you've done so many different, uh, different things from being in the restaurant industry, which from a business perspective is really tough. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think everybody knows the restaurant industry is really hard um, to then working in marketing and then an investment broker and then uh, taking a break to do business coaching and then finding your what you love to do, which is scaling, which I think is great. Throughout all of that, what is one mistake that you made? Uh, because it just seemed like, okay, I just like went on to the next thing and success and success. And now my clients hit 50K months and it's amazing. But what's one mistake that you made or one lesson that you learned looking back? And what would you do now to prevent that mistake or to, yeah, prevent that mistake? So what I think the biggest thing was for that, like when you hear that story, it's like, oh my God, it's amazing. You've touched so many businesses. You've done so many things. But for me, I was feeling like a failure because why am I able to build a business? Why am I able to reach success? And as soon as I get that, 
it stops. Like I run away from it. I close it down. I lose passion. I don't like it anymore. I've done the same thing with my relationships, with my friendships. Like Like I would get excited about a new friendship or a new boyfriend. And then as soon as it became really good, I was like, oh, this is not what I want anymore. And that drove me crazy because first of all, I was like, am I cursed? Is there something that I'm doing that prevents me from being able to scale something, whether it's a business or a relationship or a partnership, whatever it is, like what is preventing me to get there? And that was a long, long way of inner work and like understanding and hiring coaches. This is actually why I understood coaches and coaching, because I first hired a coach to be able to end that cycle of self-sabotage that I had because I knew my potential, I knew my passion, but I was not understanding why am I not able to sustain that passion into things that I'm doing and, and that I love. So I realized that, so when my mother passed away, uh, my boyfriend passed away 10 days later and I had to file for bankruptcy and uh, I had to leave everything and I left for Italy with a one-way ticket and I literally thought that I would never own anything or love anyone again because I was afraid that they would be taken away from me. So by being able to go back to that story and realize that I had lost everything once and I was like deep down afraid to lose everything again. So I was not able to build anything or love anyone or do anything that was sustainable because I'm like, what's the point if I'm going to die young, like my mom? What's the point if I'm going to lose that person, like my boyfriend? What's the point if I'm going to lose everything that I worked for, like my restaurant and having to do a bankruptcy? So this is, um, that, that was realizing my, I had to fix my self-sabotage cycle. I had to fix what was making me getting into that pattern. And I think if I would have realized that way before, right now I would be way like further out in my life. I would have way better relationships than I, I do. Not that I have bad relationships, but like if I could have done that 10 years ago, it would have made a difference. And I wish I had known that before, but I didn't. So that's the, the biggest lessons that I've learned. I love that. I mean, I don't love that you had to go through it, but I love that your lesson is not like, oh, I would have done Facebook ads sooner. It really impacts your entire life and not just your business. We can see what's on Instagram. We can see like the the abbreviated story, mm-hmm. but what we see like there's always something else going on. Um, and sometimes, you know, people aren't ready to share all of that. And so success can look different to a lot of people. And so for you, it, it wasn't, you know, the, your success wasn't just around, at least this is how it seems to me. It wasn't just around building the business. It was building the business, building and having meaningful, deep relationships that seems like that's part of your success and what you define as being successful. Yes, of course. Well, success is not like money cannot define your success. You cannot like, you're never going to feel successful if money or like, like Forbes, like I was always thinking, Oh, if one day I see my name in Forbes, that means I made it. I I saw my name in Forbes and two weeks later, I was still not feeling fulfilled. Like it's always about 
what are you creating in our life that like, what's the legacy that you're leaving behind? Um, who's going to benefit from that success that you have? What is your life and goals? Who are you helping out with the success that you're re receiving? It's all part of that. Like my, my success is defined, like, do I have time every day to work out and do yoga and eat well because it's important for me? If I don't have time to do that, I'm not successful. It means that I still need to work on my structure and needs to figure out how to do that. Am I able to pay all my bills in full and not have that? If I don't have that, that means I'm not yet successful enough. But what is really successful? Like there's always going to be something else. Like I don't have any debt. I still feel like there's never enough money in the bank account and there's always more that could be. But the thing is to turn it around, around not thinking this is not enough and I'm not yet successful is to be grateful for what you've achieved so far, what you've done so far and all the impact that you're doing and knowing that it's always going to get better and better and better. And like, this is my focus on always wanting to do better, to know more, to help more, to donate more. So this is, the success is just a way of living. Like you can have it now, even if your business is not generating a dollar, you can still feel successful. I love that. Um, and it certainly resonates with me. I mean, part of my definition of success is being able to be present with my family. So how I run my business and what I do looks a lot different than what others do. But it feels a lot better, I think, or it feels good to me. As long as it um, feels good to you. Yeah. So what is a common challenge? Because you've helped a lot of people. What is a common challenge that you see with entrepreneurs who are starting out um, or who are scaling? I think the common challenge most of the time would be clarity. Like, like not knowing where are they headed, not knowing if they're doing the right thing. This is like, I think it's the bigger thing is like, am I doing this right? If I'm not doing, if something is not working, why is it not working? What should I do different? It's really like to have the answer to all of those questions, because once you're trying to figure it out by yourself without having any mentorship or guidance or people to ask like advices to, it's really hard to know if what you're doing is right. That's why I really recommend whether it's going into a, a mentorship, going uh, to hire a mentor or like a coach, uh, whether it's to find someone in your inner circle that knows business and to go to for advice. Don't go to advice for business to your dad if your dad never had a business and doesn't understand how it works because the advice are not going to be good and the limiting beliefs around the business is probably going to harm your mindset as well. So like there's so many whether it's free or paid ways to get mentorship and guidance, whether it's to join, well, right now we're in a pandemic, but like join meetups that are free with people going into network and talk business, um, watch YouTube videos to understand specific problems. Don't watch videos that have been done like 10 years ago. They're not relevant anymore. Like it's really to find that guidance that's going to help you find clarity and, to, and understanding if you're doing it right or, or wrong when you're starting out. I love that. I think we, whether you call it tribe or community, I feel like that's so important to get into like identify some folks and get into the rooms where whether they're virtual or in-person rooms mm -hmm. of people who are like-minded who are there to support and being in the rooms where people have relevant experience like you just mentioned that's 
really helpful because it gives you a different perspective. Like I noticed that myself getting into the rooms and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that my only limit was me. Like that was a huge like awakening for me because of all of the stories, you know, that we've heard or that I had growing up. So how do you help people with their clarity and help them get to from that, I don't know, 10K month to 50K month? Well, it's not going to look the same for everyone. But the first thing that I would do would probably be looking at the product suite. Like, what are your offers? What are you offering for how much? How many people can you get into that container? Or how many clients can you serve? Depending if it's a product or a service or a digital product, it all depends. Uh, But it's about like really looking at where is money leaking first of all can you maximize an offer by offering different tier of investment can you upsell something what's your retaining strategy to get your client to buy again because a lot of people are going to be focused on getting more clients in the door all the time like oh i need more clients more clients but if you're stopping to do that and just thinking about how can i retain my clients because they're already your client they already said yes to you So it's most likely they're going to say yes again because they've like trust you already and they love you already. So what can you do to maximize those clients to offer more to them instead of always figuring out how to get more? Figure out how to make your customer experience good and how to really have a good um, customer service and, and like the retaining strategy behind that. This is something that people like they tend to focus on just like I need to grow my audience, I need to sell more of this, like, no, you don't probably need to do that. You just need to maximize what you already have, and then reinvest into growing those services, growing those products, and then adding more that are going to fix problems for those same clients, or ideal client in the long run. So then you can serve them with more products. Let me ask about that, because I'm very transparent. So for me, I'm thinking, well, how would I like, what would that next level be? Because I think about content and I think about quizzes. I don't see what else is out there. So is that part of what you do to help people kind of break through that, um, that focus of like, here's what I offer. I don't even know what could be next to retain them. Well, it could be next in a sense of having different products or having a upsell to a similar product like that goes deeper into the transformation. It could be collaborating with someone that does something completely different, but that gives the same client so that you can offer a dual experience with someone else who offers something similar. Like, for example, I have clients that are doing uh, VA services. I might team up with people that are doing graphic design, tech support and all these things. Because then if you get a client that's looking for all of that, you're just fixing a solution that they had that they didn't even think you could fix because you can come with a bigger container. And this sometimes it's just to offer like collaborate with people and partner with people for more things. Sometimes it's to create lower end products. So you can attract people that are not yet willing to invest in what you have. Sometimes it's like asking yourself, what is it that I see my client struggling with the most? Like, let's say you're teaching content and quizzes. So what is my client 
why is my client not successful or as successful as they could be once they know that? Like, what is the problem that I can try to fix to make sure that if that's not enough, what else is there that they're going to need to be successful? So for example, for me, I would teach scaling strategy, but one of the things I realize is that a lot of women that are, have business, they really work into their masculine energy, which is the doing, the structure, the, the implementation, but they don't operate in feminine because they're not able to switch back to it. So the feminine receives, the feminine have fun, the feminine relax, and like without having both of those energies, it's really hard to have a container that's going to be super successful. So I decided to integrate more programs and create courses and stuff that integrates the feminine and masculine balance because I saw that this is something my client needs on top of what I offer to make sure they're really successful. So it's really like to sit down and look at your client and like, what else can I give to you? And what more can I give to you? I love that. And you also have a framework that you use to help people. Is that right? Yeah. So I have a EMD framework, which explains exactly what I do with my clients or how I built my success, which has four different pillars. And this is what I focus on with every time I create something new when it comes to offers or products or services uh, in my business. It, it makes sure that this way I stay within my framework and I make sure that every pillar of my framework is covered when it comes to my offerings. So for example, uh, I have four pillars, the inner game, creation, monetize, and scaling. So to get to scaling, it means that you're mastering the first three. So I make sure that my clients that want to scale masters the first three, which is inner game, which means your mindset, your productivity, uh, your high performance, because even though you might be the smartest person in the world and like, like have the best business idea, if you're not able to make time for it, if you're not able to be positive, if you're not able to think big, you're not going to be able to be successful. And then once you have a good mindset, you need to be able to create good offers and create good content and create good, like having, like putting your ideas into a container or a package that are going to convert. Because if you don't have an offer, how are you going to make money? But once you have an offer, you need to learn sales and marketing. Because obviously, if you like nobody, like the, the saying, like build it and they're going to come is bullshit. Like they're not going to come. You need to make them sure, you need to like, make a trail for them to come if you want them to come. So that's when sales and marketing come in place. And then once that is mastered, then you go to scaling. Scaling means more visibility, uh, extending your reach, paid marketing, um, traffic strategies. It means hiring more team members to outsource and delegate more. So this is what I found the perfect container and the perfect framework for people to be successful when they start a business. I love that. I love it just because I think I think it's pretty accurate, but then I also love it because you found ways to help people at the different points where they're at in those pillars. I want to talk a little bit, and this may go back to that inner game type of pillar, but you talked about that feminine masculine energy. And one of the things that I've noticed about you on Instagram, I mean, in addition to your bio that says feminine and rich, um, you are, you show up very feminine on, to me, you show up very feminine in that space. 
how did you get to that point, especially working in your prior history of working in male dominated industries where it's very masculine? At least that's been my experience with it. Okay, so it's funny because I was explaining to a client earlier exactly how I got to my feminine energy. And so when I was in finance, I had to be in my masculine all the time because it's a very masculine um, industry. And I also, like my entire life, I've been in masculine. I had to raise my little brothers after my mom died. I had to take care of my mother. I had to support myself since I was 15. So for me, I've always been in my masculine and I had no idea how to be in my feminine. And a few years ago, I met a guy and I fell in love for the first time. And I've always thought I would not fall in love because I had had many boyfriends and none of them I really cared about and then once I got into that relationship with him I was not able to be in my feminine at all like I was in my masculine and it broke the relationship because I was not able to receive his love I was not able to receive um the way he wanted to take care of me I was like my ego and my masculine was so big that it pushed him away so many times that he ended up not coming back and I realized then that okay there's something that makes me not being able to allow people to love me and allow love and that's when I realized I also didn't allow money to get to me as well because money and, and love is very similar if you're not able to receive either um, you need to fix that so I read a lot about that I hired coaches and I did this whole like two years of completely growth focused um i really focused only on on knowing how to be in my feminine how to lean back how to allow people to to love me without needing to give something in return feeling like i'm obligated to to send something back or like if someone wants to help me out like to be like oh let me know how can i help you like this was such a masculine way of doing things and it was blocking my blessings so hard that i focused like it was my focus and this year, I've made a promise to myself that 2021 would be the year that I allowed myself to be in my feminine, like at the most, because I've worked so hard to manage to balance that. And now like the this is what I've been doing um, every day. I make sure that for a few hours every day, I'm in my feminine. I don't need to figure out the how I don't need to be on social media trying to talk to um, my like respond to my DMs. I don't need to be writing more content or like doing more strategy stuff. Like I'm literally turning things off and it really, really helps with the success and, and what I've been receiving. I've noticed a huge difference. So let me actually ask you about that because I think it's really interesting. I mean, first of all, I think that there's this narrative out there that we have to grind and hustle. I know people won't like, they'll say it or they'll say, well, no, you don't have to, but then they do it because that's what they've seen modeled to them. And so are you at the point now where you can lean more into your feminine and not have to do all the things because you've already had success? Or do you think if I just got into my feminine early on in my business, I'd still have success. I think that that's a struggle for people. Cause they're like, I talked to somebody today who was like, I'm trying, like I'm staying up until midnight, 2am. I'm trying to do everything that I need to do to make this work. And I just need to make it work. And I get that. And so I think it's hard to then just go into receiving mode, especially early on in your business. So can you talk to that? 
Yeah, so uh, for sure, especially when you're starting out, you have to make those sacrifices. You have to, but it doesn't mean that you cannot be in your feminine. Being in your feminine might mean that on the weekends, you're not working and you're like taking care of yourself. You're cooking, you're putting like very like slow music that makes you like, for example, every morning I say to my Google, I'm not going to say the whole thing because she's going to start that music, but I tell Google to start spa music and I drink my tea and I, I read and I journal for a couple hours in the in the morning and I make I, with the spa music, it's very easy for my brain to know that right now we're relaxing. So I found that the music has really helped me shift on and off from those energies because when I'm working, I'm going to listen to trap, like big hip hop, because that's very motivating. And this is like, what makes me like, okay, let's go, let's grind. And then once I'm done with my day, I'm going to put back the spa music on, and I'm going to start cooking and I'm just relaxing and I'm, I'm like breathing. So it's even though you're going to be busy, and you're going to be productive, I swear to God, if you turn off your phone and you just focus on doing the work that you had to do today without being distracted, you're going to have time to be in your feminine in the morning and at night. Because like most people are like going to bed really late because they're not productive because they're being distracted all the time or they thinking or they're scrolling on Facebook or they like looking for something on Google or they receive phone calls and then they end up talking half an hour. Like make your priorities clear to yourself with non-negotiable and you're going to have time to be in your feminine. It's normal to grind in the beginning, but it doesn't mean that you can be both. I love that because I feel like it's an all or nothing. And the way that you just described it was incorporating those um, aspects into the day. So for me, like uh, all my stories, I'll usually share on Fridays or Saturdays. It's my, well, Fridays are my systems and self-care day. So Mm -hmm. I've turned my bathroom, which is small, but I've turned it into like my little mini spa and I have my LED lights and my binaural beats. And I am trying to be really just still and present and it's my form of self-care and then care for my business by working on systems later on that day. So, but I love that idea of incorporating it into your day. So that way it's not like, yeah, just be total in the feminine versus be totally in the masculine, but incorporating it. I think that that's really, that's a great way to look at it. And it's actionable for somebody at the beginning Mm -hmm. where it's not just like, because all I can picture is some woman opening her arms and saying, I'm receiving all of the blessings and all of the money and all of the clients. And that's all I have to do. That's not exactly how it works. <laughs> no, no, no. Like that, but that's why they're saying people in their feminine are broke because you want to receive, but you're not doing anything to receive the money. The masculine is the, like, it's the car and the feminine is the fuel. So like your car is not going to go anywhere without fuel, but there's no use for your fuel if you don't have a car like the the structure that the masculine is going to do is going to create what allows the feminine to receive but you can't expect it to happen unless the masculine also does its job like they have to work together okay well I could talk to you forever but I want to respect your time where can people find you how can they work with you share all the things 
Okay, so I think the best way to find me is on Instagram, um, m.dusharm. This is where I hang out the most. And I'm going to do weekly call uh, talk soon on Clubhouse for those that have Clubhouse. It's going to be on Fridays. I'm going to announce it in a couple weeks. So that might also be something fun and free for people to come in. And uh, it's going to be all about feminine energy in business. So I think it's uh, right on topic for today. And I wanted to also invite your listeners to, because I know you're a quiz person and I love quizzes and I have a quiz called what type of CEO are you, which um, explains a little bit about your personality, but also what you should focus on and hire into your business, depending on what type of CEO you are, that's going to help you out a lot into learning what, what is it that you should focus on and what type of help, uh, help that you need in your business. Oh, that's amazing. I love all those things. And I will make sure that I stay tuned for that on Clubhouse because I would love to join that conversation. And I'm not actually sure if I've taken your quiz, but I will just because oh you're God. right. I do love quizzes. <laughs> they are so helpful. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, thank you so much for being on the show today. I greatly appreciate it. And I know you, well, you dropped a ton of knowledge for our listeners um, so thank you so, so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for spending your time listening today. It would mean the world to me if you screenshot this episode and tag me on social media at Emily Kuhn and share a takeaway. And as my kids would say, smash that subscribe button and leave the show a five-star review so that the guests and I can share the strategies and actionable steps with entry-level entrepreneurs everywhere. Thanks for listening.